live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Anybody seen the white flash? Oh. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, live from Studio C, senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong Intermation Complex. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show for this 1st of April. Friday, the year of our Lord, 2022. New you in 22. This morning, we're under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager Vladimir Zelensky of the Brave Ukrainian People. Also, the genderbred man. A delicious treat that will teach your six and seven-year-olds all about transgenderism and homosexuality and, and heterosexuality and bisexuality. That's right, six-year-olds. Sit around. Teacher's got a lesson for you. Damn. A lot of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, updates from... The Ukraine situation, the uh, invasion, including the uh, recruitment and soon deployment of Syrian... Oh, can we play the door open? Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. I was just saying, we'll talk about the uh, the Syrian mercenaries who are about to hit Ukraine and how lovely that is. What does that mean to you? Well, that, that, that speaks so much about the state of the Russian military. They've got to drag mercenaries from Syria into the battle right next door. I mean, rid the country right next door. And what's the Syrian military's motivation to do a good job? Well, they kind of owe Russia, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they are getting paid, absolutely. And and the view is that uh, they kind of owe Russia for propping up Assad's regime back in the day. Assad owes Russia. If I'm a Syrian right. fighter, I don't know how willing I am to lay my life down to take on the Ukrainians. Well, my understanding is that, that there may be soldiers, actual Syrian soldiers, but there are a lot of battle-hardened fighters of various tribes and militias and stuff like that. And and the Syrian economy ain't exactly grand. And so, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to make a few hundred bucks and kill some people. Awesome. Just awesome. So yeah, I saw an interesting report on this that, that, that the whole... Uh, Russia talking about, you know, peace talks and pulling back, but continuing to shell cities is just the way it works. It's not just like an evil Putin thing. That's just the way all militaries do it all the time, including on November 11th, uh, 1918, you know, as they wrapped up the war, you just try to get your last positions in place before the final deal to have a little more land and a little more set up in case things go south or whatever. and uh, so Well, and that's where that the negotiations the, start, too. So uh, at least David Ignatius of the Washington Post, who has a lot of tight connections inside the Pentagon, didn't see that as necessarily uh, you know a sign that the whole peace talk thing is dead. The fact that Russians were still shelling because the Ukrainians are still shelling also, and everybody's just trying to make their position a little bit better for the negotiations. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the way it works. I'm hoping that that, uh, you know, is a real thing, that Putin realizes he's whipped, tries to come up with some sort of wacky face-saving, see, I won, okay, and I think the whole world should wink and say, with our fingers crossed behind our back, you did win, congratulations, uh, if he stops and it's over. 
yeah, I'm just interested to know where the negotiations are going to go uh, in in terms of uh, you know how much land he's going to be willing to give back that's currently sort of occupied by the Russians. I just heard something a little bit ago. You're going to the Masters Golf Tournament? That is correct. Yes. Very that, excited to be. And that is in America? That is in Augusta, Georgia, indeed, America. <laughs> and uh, so Tiger Woods is going to play? Mm, doubt it. Really? Doubt I saw it. something hey, yesterday where they thought... Uh, Tiger. They thought he might play. Yeah, and how do you I like his chance? How do you like his chances if he does play? Uh, very, very poor. Having crushed both of his legs in an ambient fueled car wreck, I assume. He Allegedly. can swing. He can swing, but he can't walk uh, the famously extremely hilly Augusta National. They only for four days. Can you ride a cart? Nope. Can you have a midget carry you? I'm sorry, a small person. Never looked into that. Why wouldn't you have a normal-sized person carrying you? He's, he's not a small man. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought it would just be easier and closer to the ground. I don't know. It's an odd notion. <laughs> so he can't do either one of those? No, nor can he ride a mountain bike or a yak or... A yak? Know, motorcycle? No, he's got he's to walk. A yak would be a good idea. We should start the show officially. So Tiger Woods is not playing. That was clickbait. Uh, it's none of your business. I, I doubt it very seriously. A lot of attracted Perf- Perkins waitresses, probably uh, Cracker Barrel waitresses and everything in the whole Augusta, Georgia oh, area. He'll be in town as a multiple pass champion. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So he can still get his freak on. He just can't play golf on the... Uh, right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah, He. I'm sure he's fine horizontal. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Friday, April 1st. April 1st. What is April 1st? Something about April 1st. I don't remember what it is. Um, The year 2022. New you in 22. We are Armstrong and Getting. We approve of this program. Let's leap into action officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Um, By assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, what was that again? So what, what's that? What's the exciting thing that we reason we played that? That is the latest Kamala word salad. It goes on at some length and is, as usual for her, utterly mystifying. <laughs> okay. Jamaican word salad, which, of course, has uh, the jerk spices in it. Delicious. Oh, boy. That's, that's, that's chicken. That's going to upset my stomach. I don't know if I want the Jamaican word salad. Uh, when does uh, when does all the gas come out that the president released and the prices go way down? We get to all fill up our tanks and enjoy ourselves. Well, as soon as the uh, the chariots uh, led by the unicorns pull the tanks into your town. <laughs> and everybody can back their car up to the magical tank that'll fill everyone's car up for free. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I pulled in and pulled, filled up my Ford F-150, which doesn't have that big a tank on it, yesterday. And it was $128. It's wow. $128? What? What? <laughs> it's just... I, I don't know. I don't know how people are doing this. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. Folks living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, that it's taking a bite. N- not to mention the grocery bill that we've been talking about for two years now. But every single time they ring me up because I don't add it up in my head as I go. Every time they ring me up, I'm like, what? Ninety bucks? I got like four things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So you can you can run by the grocery store, get a couple of things, fill up a regular size gas tank and have dropped two hundred dollars on your way home from work. That's right. This is Joe Biden's America. Welcome to it. (laughs) Pull that bad and care. Oh, boy. But that is something. Oof. 
No wonder the economy and inflation are the number one and two issue for for voters in America. Now I don't know, I don't know how much uh, an election is going to change some of that. The gas well, thing would change if we are you know allowed to drill as much as we want. Oh yeah, I mean if the oil companies and and those range from very large conglomerates to dozens and dozens of little companies you've never heard of, if they get the word that yes, it is worth the considerable investment and time to develop uh, drill uh, wells rather and and properties and go ahead and and use the leases you got from the government, they will put in that year, two, three years of effort and get the oil flowing again. But you know, I was only half kidding when I said this is Joe Biden's America, the most precious commodity to the engine of the economy which is run on a lot of engines is is fuel fossil fuels and they have choked off the supply because we're green complete fantasy the same unicorn pulled chariot that's gonna have tiger woods going around the course Exactly. As soon as everybody in Augusta gasses up tiger will hop onto the unicorn's backs and ride it to victory. So how does mail bag look? Oh, it's very nice. Plus, we have clips of the week, as it is Friday. That's exciting, huh? Who would want to miss that? Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's some new news about what was going on the, in the theater there at the Oscars. With the police, the police were there and ready to arrest and all that sort of stuff. And still trying to figure out what happened there. But anywho, mm. Mm. thought that one was over. <laughs> on the other hand, if it illustrates the ridiculous hypocrisy and, and amoral scumbaggery of Hollywood, I'm in favor of it. And so. it does, I think. Also, uh, speaking for Jack and myself, I think everybody's in favor of green energy, renewable energy, not uh, causing pollution, that sort of thing. Everybody's in favor of that. What we're not in favor is utter dishonesty and unicorn riding fantasy being sold to the American people at ginormous expense and doing practically nothing. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Next segment, we've got uh, Clips of the Week, your freedom-loving quote of the day coming up. But first, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. For you people in Florida, we're going to have a gay night. Gay, gay, gay. It's hello, everyone, or hello, friends. Sit in your seat. Correct? Yes, that's my not, seat. That's not your seat. How can you tell us not my seat? Because your ticket has your seat number on it. Whatever. Stand by touchdown. One of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. So you don't think they can take Odessa? We will sink them, and it will be fish feeding season, he says, and our fish will grow fat. This was a Russian camp, and they were bombed. There's still some bodies in this area. The fact that he may not fully understand the degree to which his forces are failing in Ukraine, that's a little discomforting. This is some really spectacular trolling that's going on. I mean, we're, we're, we're messing with Putin's head. Don't even think about 
moving on one single inch of NATO territory. Jana, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> oh, wow. Keep my wife's name out your f- mouth. I'm going to, okay? We don't talk about Jada, no, no. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. The continued violence that is ableism and that is misogynoir. This is a beautiful moment. Oh, shut up. Goodbye, everyone. Enjoy your movie. I can't stand to hear another word of Will Smith's tearful, the devil came for me at my highest moment is what happened there, and I'm just protecting my family. F you, dude. You're psycho. Yeah. Get the hell out of the building. Yeah. Although yeah. The, reporting to, the reporting today is that the head producer came to him and said, you don't have to leave. So that's the way. If you're a big enough deal and pretty enough, you get to do whatever. You can rape people. You can beat people. You can do whatever you want in Hollywood. But when they get on stage and win the Oscar, they are going to lecture you. About how you vote and your politics and everything you believe in. Right, from a position of way up on some sort of extra long-legged high horse. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's beneath contempt. Please, here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Wrapping up our series from Winston Churchill. Inspired by Vladimir Zelensky's Churchillian leadership, according to some. A couple uh, from Churchill here. Uh, I like this one. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. It's also what it takes to sit down and listen. Mm, that's a good one. You never hear that second half. Mm. You never mm. hear that second half. Then I like this one. When the eagles are silent, the parrots begin to jabber. Hey. Bunch of jabbering parrots. Huh. Okay. <laughs> mm. I, was, I was just at the zoo, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what to take away from that one. I do enjoy a jabbering parrot, though. Mailbag. I'm seeing, I'm seeing them tonight at a club. Small club. You usually don't get to see them in an intimate setting. The jabbering parrots. Yeah, a lot of congas, steel drums, right. traditional Jamaican. Kind uh, of a Buffett feel. Everybody wears a Hawaiian shirt. Right, right. Uh, let's see. This is from a series of numbers. Oh, you can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, received one of my favorite sorts of emails today. Uh, our overnight, uh, somebody lecturing us angrily on why we haven't talked about something that we've talked about multiple times. We just haven't heard it. So, again, uh, thanks for the lecture. Uh, this is from a series of numbers. Oh, did I give the email address? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Regarding the question, can you define what a woman is? If the answer is, I'm not a biologist, the follow-up is, so you're saying biology determines what a woman is. So simply and beautifully put, my friend. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Well, no, no I, uh, uh, if I identify, uh, uh, well, then why do I need to be a biologist? I don't know why the mainstream media didn't pick up on that. Your Supreme Court justice woman just said biologists determine who's a man or a woman. All right? Yeah. Yeah. That's because there's no basis in fact for so much of this critical theory stuff, which is not just critical race theory, but critical queer theory and gender theory and the rest of it. It's all from one, like, you know, the, the corner of the academy, as they say. But there's no... It's it's not data supported. It's not logic supported. It's just something shoved down your throat that they make you believe at the point of the career gun that's going to you know take away your job. But no, it doesn't make any sense. 
Got a Leah Thomas the Swimmer update for you. Speaking of that topic, a little bit later. Oh, exciting. Yeah, fabulous. Oh, let's see. Uh, BTSU writes, hey, guys, catching up. Oh, I wanted to uh, offer a uh, another perspective on the slap. I'm sorry, it's from a white male. In the state of California, if Will and Chris were domestic partners, no one would have to file charges as the state, having the visual evidence, would be compelled to arrest one of the two for domestic violence per California law, and the arrested individual would have his or her rights to own a firearm, a.k.a. the Second Amendment, revoked per California law, regardless if firearm was involved. Yeah, I was listening to an interesting conservative take on this the other day from somebody who says in the United States we are way too far toward, and I don't know that I agree with this, but we're way too far toward the the victim decides whether or not to charge as opposed to the state clearly having a role in what's a law, what's a not, and enforcing it, Mm -hmm. you know, and what's good for society. The police were there and told uh, Chris Rock and the producers were ready to arrest him. We'll arrest him right now. Um. But Chris Rock said no, so they didn't. But the state does have a role in, you know, not allowing violence to occur. Well, I think it's safe to assume that someone who will victimize one person may well be willing to victimize more. And therefore, it's in the interest of the state to prevent that. But on the other hand, you know, as a libertarian leaning guy, I like the idea of saying, no, I'm not. I'm not. I know it's not a big deal. We'll, We'll handle it ourselves. Yeah, I have more, th- yeah, more thoughts on that end of things as well. Maybe later. If you miss an hour of the, uh, the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. With gasoline near record highs, President Biden promising to lower prices with the largest ever release of oil from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve. One million barrels a day for the next six months, up to 180 million barrels total. There isn't enough supply. And the bottom line is, if we want lower gas prices, we need to have more oil supply right now. Yeah, um, yeah, I know that Republicans have done this also and have criticized that also. I don't like meaningless gestures. I don't like the whole, hey, look, I'm releasing the oil to lower the gas. It doesn't work. It's, it's been proven over and over again. It would take a, uh, a, a bum load of release <laughs> of oil to actually affect the price of gas. For a very short period. For a very short period of time. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a political maneuver. So that clip is also mislabeled, fellas. I thought that included Biden's use it or lose it tax in which he is, get this, going to penalize oil companies if they don't drill uh, in, in the least areas that they have. Now, they're not drilling because the regulatory environment is so incredibly brutal they can't make it profitable and or they've decided that that area isn't really a good place to drill anyway. So in order to bring down oil prices, the Biden administration, which has made it impossible to drill for oil, is going to fine them for not drilling for oil. It's just amazing. It's astounding, really. Yeah. Yikes. I don't want to get off track. You got some really good stuff here about electric cars that I'm excited about as a guy who drives an electric car about half the time. It kind of is the same track, but uh, yeah, I hear you. So a couple of headlines. Uh, Washington State passed a bill to target that all vehicles model year 2030 or later sold, purchased, or registered in Washington State be electric vehicles. 
as of 2030, you can't even register an old gas car There's in Washington State. There's not a chance that's doable. As you know, I don't know what for the I could look it up. Uh, maybe somebody else can look it up. What the percentage of cars in Washington are are that are electric vehicles, but nationwide it's less than two percent. And um, I'm sure it's not a lot higher in Washington. No. There's no way you're getting everybody switched over. Um, you know, the, the a whole electric car thing. There's so many aspects to it that, that Joe's about to get into, but. The 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 first electric car that's come along that's even come close to making a dent is a Tesla because it's the first time there's been a car that goes far enough and you can fit enough people in and is comfortable enough and everything like that that anybody would even consider driving it. And it's really expensive. So, I mean, just it's not going to work. I was talking to somebody yesterday who had a Nissan Leaf and they said it was just it would go about 40 miles. You could barely fit you and your in one kid in there in a soccer ball. It's just the the, the there's just unrealistic ideas of the electric car thing. You know, it's it's You um, know, that's surprising cuz a vehicle named the Leaf <laughs> seems big and burly and powerful. It's uh it's um it's activists in New York and San Francisco who either don't own cars or drive a tiny little car a little ways. <laughs> Who are trying to dictate to the rest of people who have all kinds of uses for vehicles that they're going to drive electric cars. Meanwhile, in Canada, America's hat, the always amusing neighbor, except when they're practicing, uh, like uh, trying out totalitarianism, uh, Canada has announced that, um, oops, I just uh, went away from it. They'll ban the sale of combustion engine passenger cars by 2035. There's no way that's going to happen. Eh, you know, as, as you said yesterday, I think it's aspirational. It's either like a gesture and we'll try real hard and we know we'll fall short and we'll amend the law just in time, uh, or it's just utter fantasy. So uh, Washington saying 2030? Uh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder when California, how soon California, wait a second, Washington and Canada are getting a lot of attention. We need to be 2028. Don't you, don't you dare try to out-progressive us. God, I hate to tell my son. My son dreams of when he gets to drive a car. For some reason, he's just super into cars. All of his posters and calendars and screensavers are like classic cars, muscle cars. He's super into that. He hates wow. that I have a Tesla because he's really into gas, mu- muscle cars, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> and uh, there's a chance that, that you won't be able to register a gas car by the time he's old enough to drive. Wow. Wow. Or you, you probably have to pay some like ex- exorbitant special uh, permit to have them. But, but anyway, I, I just don't see this happening. Yeah. Yeah. You got to uh, you got to play him Russia's song, the Red Barchetta from the Moving Pictures album. He'll enjoy that. It's about a future where uh, machines are or engines are outlawed. Anyway, uh, so all these uh, laws saying you've got to have a an electric car by 2030 or whatever the year might be in your local municipality. Uh, I came across a couple things that are so interesting about the utter fantastic nature of, of uh, that declaration. Number one, you should know that uh, every input to a battery, uh, a battery for an electric car, is skyrocketing in price right now. And and that may level off to some extent when the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine finally settles down. Uh, but China's working as hard as they can to corner the market, or at least grab up a huge share of the market in these metals. So there is no time when this stuff is going to be cheap and plentiful. No chance. So uh, this is an essay uh, from an engineer passed along uh, by a friend who is also an engineer. 
who, who writes batteries, they do not make electricity. They store electricity produced elsewhere, primarily by coal or uranium, natural gas power plants, or diesel fuel generators. So to say an EV is a zero-emission vehicle is not at all valid. Also, since 40% of the electricity generated in the U.S. is from coal-fired plants, it follows that 40% of the EVs on the road are coal-powered. You see what I mean? But that's not the half of it. For those of you excited about electric cars and the green revolution, I want you to take a closer look at the batteries. And also, heck, while we're at it, windmills and solar panels. A typical EV battery weighs a 1,000 pounds, about the size of, well, he says a travel trunk. Who uses a travel trunk? What is this guy, 130 years old? About the size of a female oxen. <laughs> If one were to take the Queen Mary from London <laughs> to the colonies, one might employ a travel trunk. Anyway, where were we? Uh, da, da, da. It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. Inside are over 6,000 individual lithium-ion cells. To manufacture each EV auto battery, you must process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium, 30,000 pounds of ore for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for the nickel, and 25,000 pounds of ore for copper. All told, you dig up 500,000 pounds of the earth's crust for one battery um and then he goes at it well the main problem with solar arrays is the chemicals needed to process silicate into the silicon used in the panels so and i'm sorry before we move on from electric vehicles it's also worth noting that all of those processes the digging up and processing and transporting and 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 finalizing all of those materials use a tremendous amount of fill in the blank that's right fossil fuels ginormous amounts to produce a battery for an electric car, which is at least ironic. Uh, the main problem with solar arrays now is the chemicals needed to process silicate into the silicon used in the panels. To make pure enough silicon requires processing it with hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrogen fluoride, trichloroethane, and acetone. In addition, they also need gallium, arsenide, copper, indium, gallium, diselenide, and cadmium telluride, which are all highly toxic. I feel like you're Sil- making at least half of these up. I may be. Silicon dust is a hazard to workers, and the panels cannot be recycled. Now, windmills, windmills have always struck me as ridiculous. I mean, they might be able to to, to boost your, your energy by 2% on windy days, I guess. But uh, he points out windmills are the ultimate in embedded costs and environmental destruction. Each weighs 1,688 tons, the equivalent of 23 houses, and contains 1,300 tons of concrete, 295 tons of steel, 48 tons of iron, 24 tons of fiberglass, and the hard-to-extract rare earths, neo neodymium oh i'm not even going to try that one and dysprosium each blade weighs eighty-one thousand pounds and will last 15 to 20 years at which time it must be replaced and we cannot presently recycle used blades there may be a place for these technologies but you must look beyond the myth of zero emissions going green may sound like the utopian ideal but when you look at the hidden and embedded costs realistically with an open mind you can see that going green is more destructive to the earth's environment than meets the eye for sure I'm not opposed to mining, electric vehicles, wind, or solar, but I just want you to see the reality of the situation. Right. Right. I, I too, I, I don't work for the oil company. If, if you know, God Almighty or Elon Musk or, or uh, I don't know, Chairman Xi of China could snap his fingers and we wouldn't need fossil fuels anymore. It's fine with me. It's fabulous as far as I'm concerned. I just don't appreciate the fraud. 
I mean, we've got a clip here of, like, uh, uh, AOC. Go ahead, play 22 for us, Michael, would you? While the president is, is making a decision to uh, release some strategic reserves to relieve some of the pressure on pricing, I think a lot of these fossil fuel and oil and gas companies also need to do their part. And uh, we have to understand that sometimes it's about taking a smaller profit margin. You know, I could explain to you why that's so dumb, the idea that having them make less money on the oil will somehow free up the market um, is idiotic. But, you know, she's a cute girl with, like, a super great Instagram account. Her, <laughs> her day job Captain is not... Dismissive. <laughs> is No, this is this is the truth. This I will stand by these words, whatever that means. A cute girl with a fabulous Instagram account. <laughs> she is a hot chick with lots of Instagram followers. But instead of her day job being a bartender, which it used to be, or, or a, a hairdresser, or maybe she's a dental hygienist or an accountant or something, her day job happens to be she got elected to Congress in a tiny little borough in a, a tiny little neighborhood in, in New York. But she's, she's a cute girl with an Instagram account. So I don't, it's, it's fun to, you know, to, uh, tongue lasher. But uh, what's the point? Well, Who on cares? the on the issue as opposed to right. personalities of uh, electric cars, I feel like I don't know this, but as a guy who uh, is uh, in the Tesla world, I feel like this might be the golden age for now of getting to drive electric cars, and it's going to be a victim of its own success. And the success is going to be bottom down, not, you know, or uh, top down, not bottom up, which is not the way success should work. The government's going to force you into electric car before mm-hmm. you're drawn toward electric cars for more, more, most people. But when there are enough electric cars in the road, what is electricity going to cost? And and what will charging stations be like? I wonder about that. You know, the Tesla charging stations, at least so far, I've never pulled into one where all the stalls were full. So you can just pull right in and charge right away and leave. But. But when they start getting full and you show up and you have to wait a half hour in line before you can even plug in, uh, 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 you know, when you're making your rounds and all that sort of stuff, what, what is that going to do to people's want of an electric car? Right, and, right. And, and there's there, nobody seems to be anticipating what would happen in Washington if everybody was in an electric car all of a sudden. Where are they going to charge them? What's electricity going to cost? Right. And how are we going to produce all of the electricity? We had one guy email and it was a lovely email. He said, guys, there's plenty of capacity on the grid at night, which is when most people charge their cars. And that's when what you get out of a full charge is plenty of miles for the next day. It's a good point. But uh, the number of people who do need to charge during the day, making a longish journey or whatever, you can see it, it already happens. I have a handful of friends with Teslas and they talk all the time about, yeah, I got to stop and charge and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So if and that's with two, three percent of the cars in america being electric i think it's two right uh can you imagine if that uh explodes by 10 times so that a a, a monstrous 20 percent of the cars in america are electric right i mean all the infrastructure is just going to be you know crushed under the weight of the demand and we're going to have to produce all that electricity with fossil fuels (laughs) yes michael i think the biggest thing is right now charging stations are free that won't last. Uh, well, they're free if you bought before if your cars before 2017 or something. That went away even with Teslas yeah. after a few years. But you know, one more thought because I am in favor of quote unquote green energy or renewable energy. But we're at the stage. Uh, imagine you know you decide your 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 uh, furnace is too expensive, and uh, you know I, I picture me declaring to Judy, 
honey, we're ripping out the furnace. And I rip it out and I say, now we're going to get heat through this. And I point to this little like wood pellet stove in the corner of the living room, which is clearly not able to provide enough heat for our house. I mean, not even close. I have prematurely blown up what worked in favor of something that clearly is not even close to technologically advanced enough. And that's where we are on the whole green energy thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Well, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for Washington. Good luck with that whole all-electric cars. More of the states that people are going to be fleeing because they don't want to jump onto your uh, unicorn train. Right. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Very concerning, these Syrians coming in. Um, This is yet another dirty trick, if you will, out of Putin. But these are going to be forces that are the ultimate undisciplined looting, raping. It's going to be a very Mm -hmm. ugly part of the campaign. And all of it is inclined to terrorize the people of Ukraine because their fighting spirit is the center of gravity. Do you believe Vladimir Putin is a war criminal? He's bringing in Syrian forces who committed the worst atrocities outside of ISIS in the last, you know, many decades in Syria, and they're coming to Ukraine to fight. So that's just fantastic. Does he just want to make sure 100% that Ukrainians, even those of Russian ethnicity, despise Russia for the rest of their natural lives? I think he if just, that's his goal, it's a good technique he's, he's using. I think he just wants to subjugate them, whatever it takes, as so many have throughout history, whether you're Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan or whoever. That's a old school, man. I'm going to break you down until you give. Whatever it takes. I don't care. That's Putin. Anyway, wow. more on that next hour. I don't want to be the grimmest radio show in the history of radio. <laughs> <laughs> but this story is pretty grim, unfortunately. Oh, more grim. Yeah. Grim's fairy tales around here. We've brought this up a lot. Why this isn't, like, practically the biggest story in America? I mean, I understand why Ukraine is r- r- right now and everything, but just as an ongoing story, here's just one line from the Washington Post story and fr- from a CDC report. Between 2009 and 2019, over that decade, the percentage of teens, and this is pre-pandemic, gotten worse since the pandemic the percentage of teens who reported having persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness rose from 26 percent to 37 percent and then in the pandemic it rose to 44 percent oh boy 44 percent of teens who reported having persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness wow how often has that ever happened in a society Man, it's a horrible sign. I grant you the COVID was was dangerous for certain people, but really not for teenagers. Keeping them apart from each other. You know, I was reminded yesterday of that horrific, obscene scene where the guy was windsurfing alone off Malibu, and the deputies were chasing him. How dare you be outdoors alone in the wind? How caveman stupid were government regulations at that point, and continue to be to a large extent. Um, a cry for help. CDC warns of a steep decline in teen mental health. More than four in ten told health agency they felt persistently sad or hopeless. 
Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has created traumatic, traumatic stressors that have the potential to further erode students' mental well-being. The findings draw on a giant survey of teens all across America. Although young people were spared the brunt of the virus, as Joe just pointed out, in terms of actually getting sick or dying, they paid a steep price for the pandemic with uh, isolation, uncertainty, economic turmoil, and for many, grief. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard. Why? Stealing their childhood from them? It's hard to know how many of these people are, these kids are, um, you know, uh, suffering because family members got sick or died or whatever. I think it's we way underestimated the the hanging out with your friends, the doing the normal stuff. How many people canceled the, canceled their family vacations for a year or two? So just that normal family vacation break that you took during the summer and you know maybe one other time during the year that went away. How much does that play a role? Well, and remember how far it went in some of the lunatic blue parts of the country. I remember seeing tweets from people and and uh, social media posts saying. I haven't hugged a friend in a year and a half. And and that absolutely filtered down to the family level, and they insisted their kids behave that way, too. Absolute freaking insanity, most of it born of, or at least part of it born of Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, there was a poor old guy uh, that was at a uh, thing I was at yesterday who said, this is the first time I've been out this thing in a couple of years. It's really good to be back. And I thought, well, a lot of us have been here the whole time, but, you know, yeah. sorry you went through all that. Um, but yeah, geez, we'll, we'll have to talk more about that later, but that's, that's a rough one. Take your kids on vacation. Let them be in school, etc., etc. Um, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.